0: Back to church Sunday. I'm excited about what God is doing, uh, man. We we had five men gather for our men's uh, uh, Saturday morning men's Bible study over at Nehemiah Coffee Company. Uh, we had some Ryan opened up shop, had it ready for us, and man, we we had some good coffee and some good good word and good fellowship. And uh, I think that's going to be a, a nice place for a little while for us. Um, so I'm excited about all these Bible studies that we're kicking back into and. Uh, if all those days or events don't work for you, don't forget, Miss Myrna on Friday nights opens up her house for Bible study. So anyone here in the neighborhood, go seek Myrna. Myrna, wave your hand. I know you don't like attention. Come to so. <laughs> she always tells you, she said, don't mention me, Pastor. Don't mention me. <laughs> uh, but but if, if Friday nights work better for you, go see Myrna, man. She's, uh, uh, her and the Coopers are getting into the Word of God over at, over at her house. Amen. Hey, let's get into the word. Uh, It is important for us to get together on a weekly basis. Amen. Before I get into the word, I want to say that Bode, I'm so happy to see your face, man. I love you. He is my brother, and uh, he has been in Nigeria for a few weeks. Uh, His mother passed away, and so he went to to, to take care of that and to be with his family over there. and, And I'm glad you're back home safe. And uh, he got back to his work and they just put him right back to work. Man, they didn't let up, did they? They just, they said, we saved everything for you. Here it is. <laughs> and, and my dear sister, and I mean that, she is a sister, uh, Wandra Johnson snuck in on me today. And she said, you, I figured you need a family today. I said, I did. I had to get my picture taken with Hal. I didn't have anyone else in here. So me and Hal, you know, it's lean times when... You got to say, Hal, come join me for this picture, man.
1: Picture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hal knows I love him. Uh, which, by the way, make sure you get your picture taken out here. Uh, uh, Becca worked hard to get that all decorated for us, our little selfie station, and uh, let's have fun today. And then make sure you send, send uh, one of us on the, on the pastoral team, like text it to us. So uh, we, we're trying to collect. Uh, I, I know some of y'all have been taking official pictures and stuff, but man, we just, we love seeing all of your faces and love seeing you smile. Uh, I want to talk today about the power of agreement. It is important that we come together as a church, as a fellowship. It's important for us to have this weekly habit. Now, listen, I've had people tell me a lot, say, look, pastor, you know, God doesn't care about all that. Well, God cares about you. And, and, and I'll have people say, yeah, that's not even how the New Testament church even function. They didn't have churches like we have now. That's not how the New Testament, the book of Acts, they weren't doing all that kind of stuff. You're right, they weren't, okay? Most pastors don't want to admit this, but the way that we have church, like this, and we come together once a week, and then you got this one pastor, and he may have a staff, but, but yeah, this is not, granted, in the, in the book of Acts, this is not how the church started out, right? Uh, uh, this, this kind of evolved over the last 2,000 years. So you're correct. Now, if you wanna go back, say, if you, if you wanna stay true and you wanna use that as a reason not to show up at church on Sundays, that's fine, Let, let's do it the way that they did it in the book of Acts. And that's, they met every single night at somebody's house, right? So who's got tomorrow night? Woo, come on. <laughs> come on, are we gonna stay with? Now, all of a sudden, Sunday morning, don't look that bad, does it? So, so see, y'all come on back. Um, so yeah, now is is it does it change what God does with you if you're here or not? No, He loves you whether you show up or not. He loves you whether you're faithful in attendance or if you sleep in. It doesn't it's, it doesn't change His love for you, doesn't change your salvation, doesn't you know say well I'll come to church so that God. God will be happy. I actually had, uh, there was a family. They've actually moved out of the neighborhood, but they were coming for a while. And they told me after New Year's, uh, the the wife said, well, yeah, Pastor, me and my husband were talking. We figure our New Year's resolution, we're going to try to show up at church twice a month at least, because that ought to count for something with them, right? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, okay, yeah, you're checking the boxes or whatever. (laughs) But I'm like, it's, you know, I want to make God happy. So I'm going to show it. Well, God's already happy whether you show up or not, man. He ain't never been happier. Trust me, we have a happy God. Uh, So church is not really about you and him. Every day of your life should be about you and him. Church, our weekly gathering, is about us. And there's a reason for it and there's a need for it. Now, whether we meet every single night at somebody's house like they did in the book of Acts, or whether we come together specifically on Sunday, now we also offer all these various Bible studies, and we're that's kind of part of our vision and part of the direction that we've been going. We you know, every year we want to plant more Bible studies. We want to, I would love for there to be some kind of Bible study going every single night of the week so that people have a choice. and And depending on what region of the neighborhood you live in, you know, make it easy, you know, Hey, we got these quadrants or whatever, you know. Uh, but until we get there, we do our best. So, but there needs to be a time that I can come into agreement with some folks. There are some very, very powerful things when agreement takes place. And we're going to get into that. So today's the power of agreement. But first, we want to talk about faith. And if you talk about faith, Hebrews 11 is the place to go. Someone says, Pastor, how come you talk about faith all the time? Because Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because you got to believe, first of all, you got to have faith that he exists. And not only that he exists, but he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means that if you diligently seek him, he's got some stuff for you. He's got some incredible things, life-changing things for you. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. So whether you show up to church, you can show up to church every Sunday and not have faith. That's not pleasing God one way or another if you're here, if there's not faith involved. You can pray every single day. You can attend every Bible study. You can even help witness and evangelize and drop off turkeys on Thanksgiving when we go do that. Doesn't matter. If you don't have faith, none of it is pleasing to God. Doesn't matter to him one way or another. So without faith, and we've learned over the over these months and years that faith means to be fully persuaded. It means 100% trust. God, if you have said it, I trust it. If your word says it, I trust it. If, if, if you have ordained it, I trust it more than what I see, hear, or feel. That's faith, that kind of faith. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 and six. Uh, now Hebrews 11 is incredible because it's like the faith hall of fame. It, we, we get a chance to look at, various folks throughout ancient scripture and see how they used faith. And, and so we're gonna come to a place here in a moment where we're gonna see the power of faith when you get together and agree with folks, okay? But let's start out here, Hebrews 11 and four. It was by faith that Abel, everyone remembers Cain and Abel, right? It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. So Abel brought a sacrifice. In other words, by faith, he brought a sacrifice that he felt God would be pleased with rather than a sacrifice that was convenient to him, which was what Cain did. And so God chose Abel's offering when you, an offering is a form of worship. So we can say, Abel worshiped by faith. Hebrews 11, five, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Now the next verse is the verse that says, it is impossible to please God without faith. So we know by this, that Enoch walked in faith. Abel, Worship in faith, Enoch walked in faith. Sometimes you're gonna to have to walk in faith. You know, there's gonna be times that you walk this path of life and you just aren't sure what the outcome's gonna be, but you gotta trust God. This doesn't make sense, I don't see any way out of this, but I trust you, God, I'm gonna keep walking. Enoch walked in so much faith, he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. He walked in so much faith that God said, man, just come on up, don't worry about dying, I got you." <laughs> Right? Now that's some powerful faith. Hebrews 11 and 7. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. Imagine that. The Bible said it had never rained before, that prior to Noah, there was a mist that would come up and water the earth. God's sprinkler system. And now all of a sudden he said, I need you to build a big old boat. Oh, down there by the beach? No, right there in your town. Why? Because it's going to rain. What's that? Water's going to come out of the sky. (laughs) Nobody had ever seen water come out of the sky before. And so he's having to warn people, hey, it's going to rain. What is that? Water's going to come out of the sky. What? No wonder they thought he was an idiot. By faith, Noah worked and did something... Worked on a project to save his family from something that had never happened before. That's some serious faith. So we can say that Noah worked by faith. Abel worshiped by faith. Sometimes you're going to have to praise God right in the midst of the fire. Sometimes you're going to have to praise God when all looks hopeless. Sometimes you're going to have to praise God when you're ready to give up. At the midnight hour. You're just gonna to have to worship on faith. I'm praising you today, even though I haven't seen the answer to this prayer, I will praise you on credit, God, because I know you are faithful and I know you will work this situation out. I don't know how you're gonna work it out. I don't know what avenue you're gonna work it out, but I know that the outcome, all things will work for good. Because I love you and I trust you and I believe you. So I will praise you today. You can answer it in your own time. That's worshiping by faith. Sometimes you gotta walk by faith. Lord, I don't even know. I'm trying, I can't even sit down long enough to get a five-year plan together, Lord. So I have no, you know, five-year plans, I don't even know what you want from me tomorrow. But I'm gonna walk by faith. You tell me what you do you want me to do right now, and that's what I'm gonna do. I will walk this out in faith. Sometimes you gotta work by faith. In your career, you're going to have to keep working. When they pass you up for that uh, promotion, when they when they skip over you, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you've lost your job, you got to go find something else. Sometimes you're just going to have to work by faith. I'm going to work, and I know you're going to provide for me. Lord, in my mind, I think I may need more money, but you know, you have provided this job. You will meet my needs because you've promised me that. I will work diligently by faith. I'm going to work by faith. Even if it doesn't make sense why I'm still working, I will work by faith. So that brings us to now, all of a sudden, the only couple that made it into the Faith Hall of Fame, Abraham and Sarah. They're the power couple, the first power couple, right? Abraham and Sarah came together. They both had faith, but they came together in their faith, right? So let's look at this. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. He didn't even know where he was going. He just by faith, all right, God, you want me to leave? I will leave everything behind, I'm gonna go. And even when he reached the land God promised him, He lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner, living in tents. Do you you understand that sometimes God's promise that he wants to birth in your life is going to feel absolutely, completely alien to you? Just because God has promised, it's yours, it's part of your inheritance, but just because God has promised it to you doesn't mean it's going to feel familiar. Don't get discouraged about it. Man, when God moved me out this way to shepherd and pastor this flock, look, I'll be honest, This church ain't like anything I've ever been a part of before. Which is not a bad thing. (laughs) But I will say this. Initially, it felt different. It looked different, you know? Man, we we got a gathering of folk that come together from every walk of Christianity, every type of of, of division and denomination and this and that. And man, some of y'all like to worship. Some of y'all like to sit quietly. Some of y'all... Some of y'all are excited about this Christian wrestling thing. Other of y'all had this big old question mark. <laughs> I love it. I want to see him get the, the Pentecostal charismatic hold. You know that makes you hold your arms up, right? right? Then the fundamental hold, it just kind of covers your face, right? Doesn't let you breathe much. <laughs> I know. I hurt your feelings, didn't I? <laughs> but sometimes God can move you into a place and you're like, Lord, I thought this was you. It is, but I'm living like a foreigner. I'm living in a tent. I, I, I have nothing to, that's right. It's good. It's still you. It's, it's still your promise, right? And so did his, uh, his sons, Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham confidently, he was lo- confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, God was trying to lay some foundations in his life, a city designed and built by God. Abraham, you're going to have an inheritance, but you can't build it. I'm building it. You're going to have a promise. You're going to have an answer. You're going to have a miracle in your life, but it ain't going to be worked by your hands, people. He's going to work it. That's what he's trying to say, right? Now, look at Sarah. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. That's a sad thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> Abraham, you're good as dead, but you're going to have a child. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. Now, notice Abraham got credit for the journey. Sarah actually got credit for the birth. They both brought two things together in their faith. So it was important in order for there to be a promised child, Isaac, it required for Abraham and for Sarah to get together into agreement, but not just with each other. Something powerful happens when folks agree. Jesus said, if two of you will agree on earth, Pretending anything, my father will do it for you. That's some powerful stuff. But not just agree with each other. You agree with each other, you can accomplish a lot, but there's there're bad things that can happen if you agree, you know. You can get together with someone and go rob a bank, commit homicide, go vandalize, go do something, right? You know. But if you'll agree together and then agree with God. The Bible says a three-cord rope is not easily broken. So when, if I can say, I believe the word of God for my life, and I can find someone else that says, I believe the word of God for your life too and for my life, we're not just agreeing together, we're agreeing with him together. That's where the power lies. Yeah. And it's not the fact, you can understand this You can be in agreement and not agree. Does that that make sense? You know, we can be, Wanda and I can be neighbors, and I can think she's got her house painted the worst color on the block. And she can think I got too many weeds in my yard. But we can make agreements and live peacefully, even though we disagree on some things. And that's pretty powerful. Isn't it incredible, and this is one reason why I encourage everyone, be faithful. Be faithful in coming together, and let's have a habit of coming together. Look, I know life takes place, and man, praise God, we get a chance to get out of town, and some of y'all worked hard. Some of y'all worked hard, and you're finally at a place that you can get out of town, go see your grandkids, go just get some rest and all that stuff. Trust me, if I had your money, I'd be doing the same thing. (laughs) Woo! Man, I got some places I could go. But... But let's always have a foundation of getting together, coming together. Why? Because we got to get together and agree on some things. And what's powerful is the fact that none of us are the same in here. I love the fact that we got a congregation full of Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, charismatic, uh, 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 Lutheran. We got some Catholic folk in here. We had some folks find their way here from the Mormon church. We, I mean, you talk about everything. Man, we got, we, we're like the assortment pack. Oh, they're, they're Method, all right. We got, the, we got some Methodists. Oh, no, who said, oh, no? <laughs> Someone said, oh, no. Not the Methodists. <laughs> Because notice, Abraham and Sarah aren't the same. He's a man, she's a woman. He thinks like a man, she thinks like a woman. He's got man habits, she's got woman habits. Had he gotten an agreement with Lot, there would be no child. Had she gotten an agreement with Hannah, there would be no child. But God, and, and look, the, the, the point is this. If you think like me, act like me, talk like me, dress like me, like my kind of food, listen to my kind of music, you know, uh, use the same hair product or whatever, I, you know, root for the same team, all that stuff. It doesn't take a whole lot for us to come into agreement, does it? It doesn't take anything miraculous. But when you are completely different and opposite, and you can come together And agreeing. What a powerful thing takes place when unity takes place. Isn't it ironic that differences bring about fruitfulness? Isn't it ironic that when God said, I'm going to plant a church right here in this community, not just for the community, but for the greater community, that He grabbed a whole bunch of different people and He put them together and said, Now work. And walk till you can come into agreement with what the Spirit is doing and build my kingdom. And that's why I need to be here. That's why when I'm not here, I I missed last Sunday. It it feels like six months since I saw some of y'all. Maybe that's because it is about six months since I saw some of y'all. That's kind of funny. (laughs) I never thought of that until I just said it. That's kind of funny. (laughs) Welcome back to church. Look at this, Psalm chapter 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil. Anytime you read about oil, the significance of the anointing. It's like the precious oil or anointing upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments, It is like the dew of Hermon. What is that? The dew of Hermon. Mount Hermon, which is on the north side of Israel, just south of the Lebanese border. The dew of Hermon. Hermon is about, the the peak is about 9,000 feet above sea level. It's typically covered in snow. But when conditions are right, coming right off the Mediterranean, every now and then it would melt just enough of that snow to create a mist or a fog that would blow southward down to Mount Zion, which is where the Temple Mount is in old Jerusalem. And so occasionally they would get this cool, sweet mist, kind of like this morning, you know, when you guys walked outside and you felt that breeze and you kind of went, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, it's still a little warm out there, still a little humid, but man, there's something in the wind that, just in time for the Cowboys to play football, (laughs) Y'all pray. Pray hard, church. Tonight's game counts. Pray hard. Man. Yes. Yes, they do. Woo! <laughs> so so that's right. You gotta work it in. So the do from Herman. Now Herman actually means the word Herman actually means devotion. And so when the mist or the fog, which is symbolic of glory, the glory of devotion, descends upon the mountains of Zion. Zion is symbolic of the modern day church. So isn't that beautiful, beautiful imagery? When the mist of devotion descends upon the church, when we can get together and devote our lives, not just to him, but we love him by loving each other. And walking together. That's what church is about. Church isn't about showing up once a week, checking the box, singing three hymns, and hearing a goofy preacher, and then going home. It's about doing life. I realize we don't have the bandwidth to include every single person in this room in our life, but you can find someone that you can get an agreement with, and connect with, and journey with them and say, listen, I got some things I need God to move in my life, and I'm crazy enough to believe that God's gonna do it according to his word. If somebody says, yeah, you're crazy, all right, leave them alone, <laughs> move on to the next person until you find someone that says, I'm crazy enough to believe it with you. I believe God's gonna do that in your life, and I will walk with you. I will. I, when you start getting discouraged, I will remind you of God's word. I will check on you. How are you doing? Are you hanging in there? Don't lose the faith. You keep fighting. You keep believing. You keep praying. Don't you get discouraged. Don't you disappear. We need to see you. I want to see your face. Let's go get coffee. Let's go eat. I'll come pick you up. I'll wake you up if you need to, but we're going to get together because we've got to agree. Because why? It is like the dew of Hermon descending on the mountains for there, where? At the point where the dew comes in. In other words, at the point of unity, there at the place of unity, God commands a blessing. Woo! That's powerful. He needs us to walk together. Say, well, we're different. We don't even worship the same. You know, some of y'all like to raise your hands. I like to sit on my hands. I don't like, you know, or, or however, you know, some of y'all are a little bit more excited than I'm a little bit more quiet. All these differences that we have, he wants us to walk together until we come to a place of unity. At that place of agreement well, we can say, look, we'll agree to disagree, but man, we will agree on the word of God. At that place, God commands a blessing for your life. Yeah. That's good stuff, but it's a process. How many of you know that you can get married and you may be working 10 more years before you come into agreement, <laughs> right? <laughs> you can join yourself in union with someone, that's easy. You know, book the preacher, book the facility, get the rings, exchange vows, and then the real work starts. Yes. You think the wedding's stressful? Woo! Start living together. <laughs> Raising a family together. Doing life to paying bills. That's why you see couples that have successfully been married twenty-five years, thirty years, they're walking a whole lot more agreement than they were thirty years prior, weren't they? Because it takes a while. Agreement is a process. Anything valuable needs to be a process. That's why if there's some kind of a business deal that just happens like that, makes me nervous. Things need to be vetted. Relationships need to be built. You know, anything worth, the old adage, anything worth having takes a while. There's a reason for that. Because you know that you know that you know Kind of like the, old, the whole saying of, if you see something you want to buy, wait three weeks, <laughs> wait four weeks. And if you're still wanting to buy it, go for it. Why? Because you've thought about it, you've thought about it, you've thought about it. And if you still want it after you thought about it, go for it. Or if the hankering leaves you after a few days, whoo, you dodged a bullet, you saved some money, right? Yeah. Same thing happened with Abraham and Sarah. They made the Hall of Fame. They were the power couple. faith couple. They were in agreement originally, but they weren't in agreement with the word of God. Check out what happened. Go all the way back to Genesis 18. This is Sarah. Remember uh, the angel of the Lord and another angel shows up outside of uh, Abraham's tent. They were about to go destroy uh, uh, Sodom. And so Abraham pleads for Lot. Well, this is part of that conversation. It says, where's your wife? Where's Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked, oh, she's inside the tent. Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. Matter of fact, Abraham, he was in his 90s, getting close to 100. Sarah, she was, she's 91, 92, right in there, right? Abraham and Sarah were both very old at this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children, So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Now notice, she didn't laugh out loud. It says she laughed to herself. So she's at the door listening. And she hears the Lord. The Lord Himself says, God Himself says, Hey, next year when I show back up, Sarah's going to have a son. And has God ever God ever tried to tell you something that you just laughed about inside and where you're like, Lord, look, whoo, you're kind of crazy, you know, that's I don't know. I don't know about that God. Are you really telling me to do this? She laughed at herself. She heard she heard the word of God, and all she could say is, <laughs> ah, I'm old, he's old, all we're gonna do is hang out and smell old together. That's all we're gonna do. Right? Right? (laughs) So he says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why does she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's what I want you to ask yourself. Is anything too hard for God? I don't care how crazy that's why you've got to find someone to get in agreement with you, not someone who's gonna speak doubt in you, because nothing is too hard. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, said, I didn't laugh. <laughs> but the Lord said, no, you, you did laugh. <laughs> you, know, you know, the Lord doesn't look on the outside. He looks at the heart, right? So He goes, oh, you laughed, all right. Then the men got up from their meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send on their way. Look at God. Messing with Abraham here with this other angel. He said, Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked, For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. That's pretty. Now, we can dog Sarah out for that, but you know what? Let's go back one more chapter when Abraham first heard this plan. That wasn't the first time Abraham heard God say that. Look, this is, we never really talk about this. We always dog out Sarah. Sarah laughed. She didn't believe. So this is what God says to Abraham one chapter earlier. Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. Said, I'm going to give her a new name because I'm doing a new thing. God may want to do a new thing in your life, and so he wants to identify you possibly as something new. He said, I'm going to take an old thing and do a new thing. Just because you haven't seen God move in a certain situation doesn't mean that he's not going to move in that situation. He may take an old thing, give it a new name, and do a new thing. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly. And she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Now look at Abraham. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground. Ooh, he's about to worship, right? No, what did he do? He bowed down to the ground. And he just said. <laughs> he said, man, God, look, I love you, but you're about 35 years old or 35 years too late, man. She ain't even looked at me. 35 years. How can I become a father at the age of 100? <laughs> he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she's 90 years old? They were in agreement. They just weren't in agreement with the word of God. God gave them a word. Y'all gonna have a baby. At some point, now they tried to take matters into hand, made a big old mess of things with Hagar. We all know that story. But at some point, they came into agreement. Two opposites, two different people, thinking two different ways. Neither of them believing in the word of God when they finally started believing the word of God and got together. I mean, God produced a miracle child. That's why I need to get together with you guys weekly. Because I have some things in my life. Just a few years back, I went through some crazy stuff. Some of y'all remember it. And God told, God gave me a word, do what I tell you to do and I will take care of you. I needed, with everything in me to agree with that word. But even more so, I needed to find some people, some people who weren't like me. That's why I love the fact that we have so many cultures attending here, so many races, so many uh, countries represented here, so many styles of worship, so many different backgrounds of faith coming together. Why? Because the, the more different you are from me, if you can agree with God's word for me and I can agree with God's word for you, something miraculous can be birthed out of it. A Man, was something miraculous birthed in my life. And it was because some of y'all got together with me and said, we're going to stand with you and we're going to agree. Yeah, you trust trust God. Don't worry about what's going on around you. Don't worry about some of the craziness being spewed. Don't worry about some of the the negativity going on out there. Don't worry about some of the hopelessness. You focus on what God's telling you and we'll agree with you on that. Man, and look at the blessing I got to encounter in my life. Amen? Let's all stand. The power of agreement. Before you leave today, I double-dog dare someone to grab, somebody else to say, look, I need you to agree with me on something. You don't need for the, it's not, look, I've got faith, but if you got faith, it's just as powerful as my faith. So find somebody and say, look, I need you to agree with me on something. I'm praying about something. My kids are about to go crazy. I'm, you know, my, my job's on fire right now. You know, my, my household is, is a wreck. I need someone to agree with me And stand with me. And if somebody does approach you, I challenge you to say, you know what? I will agree with you that the word of God, that God's going to not fail you, that he's going to be just as faithful as ever, and that he's going to help navigate you through this issue. Amen? We're going to celebrate one more time in song. If you need prayer for anything, I'll hang out here. Come up, man. I would love to pray for you. Or grab your neighbor's hand and say, pray with me. Y'all are just as powerful in the Holy Spirit as I am. So, so, so feel free to pray for each other. But, but while we sing, I'm believing that life is being uh, spoken into someone's spirit right now, that some of you that walked in and you've been some dry bones, those dry bones are going to start rattling. And some of you are going to start coming back to life and start feeding on the Word of God and have a victorious and successful week in spite of the craziness going on around you. Amen? Amen. So let's all worship one more time together, amen? Father, we love you, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for those who are here under the sound of my voice. Thank you for those who are tuning in on the stream. We come into agreement with your word and we say yes to your word. Over 7,000 promises, Lord. I believe it, I trust it, I decree it over my life and I decree it over the life of this fellowship that your word is true true. And that as we walk with you in the covenant you made with Abraham, and we're grafted into it through the shed blood of Jesus and his redemptive work and his resurrection, that you will take care of us, that you will bless us, that you will curse those that curse us, you will bless those that bless us, and that you will make us a strong and mighty nation. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.